Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain, where each episode we'll sit down with entrepreneurs, investors, and industry veterans to discuss innovation, technology, and the most exciting opportunities in trucking and logistics as we build the future of supply chain together. Be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Now, let's get into the show. Here's our host, Santosh Sankar. Hey, welcome back to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. I'm your host, Santosh Sankar, and joining me today to discuss regulation and safety as it relates to drones is my friend Zara Akbar from SkyGrid. Welcome. Thank you, Santosh. It's great being here. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is not a uh, an area we've uh, had a, a guest or an expert on previously uh, as as we've had uh, other episodes of the podcast, but would love to begin with you know how you ended up getting into the drone industry and what you do day to day at SkyGrid. Absolutely. So my um, entry into the drone drone industry is an interesting one. Um, I moved to Spark Cognition a couple of years ago from consulting. Spark Cognition is an AI company based here in Austin, and a year ago we formed a fifty fifty joint venture with Boeing called SkyGrid. Uh, we had actually started working on the vision of SkyGrid since before that. Um, but that's really what led to my entry into the industry. Um, so I was part of the of the team that came up with the concept behind SkyGrid and its vision and created the business plan. And then I led the deal team to form the day. Uh, when it was formed, I've kind of since then moved into SkyGrid. And I'm looking at operations, um, strategy, and, and a number of other functions at SkyGrid. Um, I'm also a part... Uh, 107 certified pilot that I'm really proud of, and I've you know occasionally fired a UAV, um, small UAV on the weekend. So that's kind of you know what uh, my entry into the drone industry looks like. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I I did not realize you were a certified drone pilot. Uh, but kind of taking a step back, where does SkyGrid fit into this puzzle as we think about drones in the sky and and the future supply chain? So SkyGrid is working to safely and securely into the national airspace. Um, we essentially have a holistic enablement vision, um, and part of that includes enablement of last mile delivery and also advancing the multimodal transportation ecosystem. Um, generally, drone applications and let's say supply chain are, are immense. Um, they you know can range from manufacturing to warehousing, distribution, um, and Essentially, UAVs can be used in all phases of that to um, advance uh, generally the speed of the process and to also uh, make it faster and more secure. And SkyGrid's vision is to enable that eventually. Got it. And and I, I know um, the the one term uh, I've seen used is is an aerial operating system is is how SkyGrid describes itself. Could you kind of Detail that a, a bit for us. Sure. So essentially, SkyGrid is you know um, it, it, the term UTM is being used in the industry a lot to uh, account for unmanned traffic management. But since the scope of UTM was really limited in in, in its early adoptions, um, you know SkyGrid is using the term aerial operating system because the vision is much grander. The vision is to have. Uh, autonomously have drones flying in the sky and hundreds and millions of them. Essentially, the system can do deconfliction, can do route planning, um, and can manage unmanned vehicles in the sky. So 
<clears throat> since the vision is so great, we like to use the term aerial operating system because that's how we're managing all the drones in the sky. Um, differently than than what a traditional UTM uh, has been defined as. Got it. And and from my understanding, you know, the SkyGrid software, you know, goes from planning, in-flight monitoring, uh, agency integration, kind of through to even, you know, maintenance and, and airspace monitoring as well. It really runs the gamut. There are a lot of different modules here. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, essentially, you can manage your fleet through SkyGrid, um, you know, depending on hundreds and numbers, a large number of drones that you might have. Uh, the system will allow you to plan your flight. It will autonomously plan multiple flights for you. Um, it will enable, uh, you know, for you to be able to do airspace monitoring as your drone is in the, in the sky. It can enable you between two drones. Um, so it's a it's a large uh, offering that SkyGrid can enable um, its users to use. Got it. And you know, obviously, underlying all of this, and and even at SkyGrid, if if people were to kind of look at at the website, everything has safety in it, and the regulatory environment with that is of key importance because we're talking about machines <laughs> flying over our heads. Absolutely. But you know. W- what is the regulator thinking about here in the U.S.? So the regulator is taking a very positive approach to advancing the general U.S. ecosystem, um, while also maintaining their need to be cautious in regulations until the, until the technology has been proven to be safe and secure. And so one of the key, you know, missions of SkyGrid is to have to enable um, all these UAVs in the sky, but within a really safe and secure uh, way. The regulator are taking a very collaborative approach with the industry, um, and that includes a number of forums and committees that have been solved, you know, have been formed to solve technological problems and questions that still need to be answered and try to figure out the best approach. So, for example, um, the FAA has a drone advisory committee uh, that are Boeing, Boeing, which is one of our partners, is an apparent company is part of, um, and essentially they're exploring remote ID solutions in, in that committee. Um, the DAC committee is also open to the public, so it's an open opportunity for any companies in the U.S. ecosystem to be involved in and to be informed from. So there are a number of collaborative approaches that um, the regulator in the U.S. and even otherwise internationally are taking to advance the industry. You know, the the regulation sits on three different levels, and, and sometimes we might overlook that, but there's the federal, state, and, and local, and I'd be curious to, you know, hear your take on what the dynamics of navigating these three levels are. Um, mm-hmm. Are there certain things that each level is leaning in on or prioritizing uh, over maybe other things or other attributes when it comes to drone operations? Yeah, definitely. So regulation is being enacted and developed at all three levels. Um, the FAA regulations, you know, set the rules of what the airspace is, what, you know, how you can do your operations, what altitude you can fly on and what areas, and essentially gives you the approval to fly in certain areas versus others. Uh, but that's not the only thing you have to comply with because a number of state and local governments have their own laws in place. And these are mostly around, uh, you know, what, how you can fly a drone, what constitutes as a drone of a certain um, category, uh, how it can be used by the general public, 
so for example, some cities, some states even require you to register your drone additionally in a city hall. Um, and states have different regulations. So let's say Texas uh, permits telecommunication companies to use UAS to capture images. Uh, but other states might not do that. So it's been it's been varying between different states. Um, so far, 41 states have enacted laws addressing UASs, and an additional three um, have adopted resolutions. So it's definitely growing, and it's also evolving. Uh, multiple states are working with the FAA to explore drone applications. Um, they're involved with the FAA um, U.S. integration pilot program that was formed in 2017, um, and different states such as Virginia and North Carolina have done demonstrations based on that IPP program. So there's a there's a good collaboration between um, uh, the federal level, the state and local level, and as the industry is evolving, so is the regulation and involvement at all three levels. And you know the the one thing to be clear is that there there is still a lot of uh, un. Uncertainty might not be the word, but a lack of clarity, given that this is an emerging technology, all the stakeholders are still trying to understand the capabilities and how to think about safety. But, you know, when when you mentioned kind of hardware flying over certain areas or populations, are, are there like rules of thumb that if, you know, their founders thinking about you know, running a drone delivery service or wanting to develop their own drone, are there, are there certain kind of key basic things they should be aware of when it comes to regulation and safety? Oh, they definitely are. Um, you know, as far as uh, regulation is concerned, there's obviously um, certain regulations that allow you to fly in certain altitudes in, in particular areas. So, for example, if you're Doing a Part 107 application, you have to fly below 400 feet. Um, is there other uh, multiple regulations? So let's say if you decide to, you know, get an extra waiver and do certain flights, you'll have certain restrictions um, around that. And those are mostly, you know, federal regulations and you need to get your flight pass approved. Uh, but more than that, essentially, as far as safety is concerned, um, you know, as the industry evolves, there are so many ways to look at this. Um, safety is not just, uh, you know, obviously you don't want a drone flying in the sky uh, to malfunction, but there's also, uh, you know, thought around having, uh, actually, you know, drones that have cameras to let them fly over houses. You know, there's privacy laws, there's sound laws. And as you said, the industry is evolving and um, the regulators, and, you know, um, companies such as ours are thinking about all these things and trying to come up with the best solutions to enable um, this technology, but also to maintain safety, um, security, and, and do it in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've, you've used the word collaborative. You've, you've detailed a, a lot of the um, kind of areas or, or specifications around security and you know maintaining operations within standards it's it's all been collaborative with you know startups the regulator incumbents the different levels of of government um but would be uh you know more curious as to as we've seen in the news these days um you know the wings the flirties of the world even ups joining the fray 
you know, are, are there any like practical examples of how this collaboration has led to some of these early pilot efforts that you might be able to detail or, or speak to? Definitely. So, for example, the IPP that I was just giving you an example of, uh, which is the UAS Integrated Pilot Program by the FAA. So, essentially, the program has a number of states um, that are participating in it, and each state is working with the regulator, with the local government, and also with, um, you know, the industry in general. So, multiple startups or companies that are trying to fulfill um the requirements and trying to test out uh, applications related to U.S. and in different areas. So there's, you know, a number of them going on um, in uh, North Carolina, Virginia, in a number of handful of states. So there's definitely um, practical applications of that. And and from that, there are a number of findings that are affecting committees. So, for example, the DSA, DAC that I talked about is another example. And that's just not happening um you know, in the U.S., uh, it's also happening internationally. Last week, I was in uh, U.K., and uh, we had the Global Urban Air Summit, where uh, the U.K. Um, CAA was talking about the Innovation Hub and what their Innovation Hub essentially is, that it brings together um, the industry, all these companies and startups that you just talked about, and the regulator to come up with best solutions to to not just form um, the regulation, but also to form standards and define the best practices in the industry. And, you know, with without all of the standards being fully fleshed out, what's the process like for somebody to go get the license to run a route, just on on a very basic level? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very varied. It depends on the kind of operation that you want to do. So let's say you want to just fly, you know, your drone uh, below 400 feet. Um, let's say it's in one of the areas. It's closer to an airport and it's supported by uh, FAA's land application. Then essentially you can just go onto a land provider and file um, to get an approval, if you're in a certain altitude and you're approved, you can fly it. There's a further co- coordination piece um, that helps lets you fly the drone around the area. And let's say you just want to capture, um, uh, you know, just want to survey the the area, you can do that. But it just depends on your mission. So let's say if you want to do a beyond visual line of sight mission, uh, then essentially you need uh, a special approval from the FAA um, based on a number of exemptions. So it's a really um, detailed process right now to get those approvals and to actually fly um, your flight. You have to create a safety use case. And those are the kind of things that the industry is working to solve um, so that it progresses at a quicker stage and can be um, applied earlier rather than later. So essentially, you'd be, it'd be easier for you, you to get an approval. And uh, in order to level set the knowledge amongst our, our listener base, uh, Lance is what for the FAA? Uh, so the Lance is low altitude authorization notification capability. Uh, and what that does is that um, it Lance has, FAA has a number of operators that have the ability to give you an automatic flight approval. So if you're fitting the requirements of a Part 107 flight operation, which is um, you know, there are a number of obviously rules for it, but essentially it's less than 400 feet um, and you're meeting the weight requirements of the drone, then you can easily um, go online and, you know, use one of the, the many applications to say I want to go from point A to B in um, 
an area that's close to an airport and you'll get a flight approval to do that. Um, and so it's, it, yeah, and there are a number of obviously, you know, uh, details and preconditions to that that we can't go in, in depth to, but it essentially lets you plan your flight and get flight approval from the FAA to fly below and within certain restrictions. And uh, as as one's business evolves also, there's a, a, a kind of um, flight routing kind of approval process as well, right? So if, if I am a an operator and operating a network of drones here in, in Tennessee, I could go get the initial authorization. But as I want to grow as well, there's a kind of follow-up process that ensures that I'm not scaling um, in an irresponsible manner that I'm still taking care of safety and, and regulation. Is that is that correct? That's correct. And uh, so far, you know, the FBA has been, has been doing it on a use-by-use use basis. Um, and there are companies that are trying to uh, have gotten some approvals and are trying to get approvals. But it's been, um, you know, case-by-case. Case. And as some of these cases get proved and, you know, all the use cases that the industry is working on, um, give us more and more findings, uh, the airspace will eventually open up. Um, and it'll become an easier process for multiple companies to do and to go and access that, you know, capability for themselves too. Yeah. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the, the uh, safety environment regulation. Uh, a lot of it is still being developed. Um, but when we think about the technology, in your opinion, are we ready for something like commercial delivery? with drones at scale or are there certain kind of technological things maybe holding us back? So the technology is certainly there. Um, however, there are a number of things. So it's really about having, you know, the intersection of all three regulation, social acceptance and technology for it to be mass adoption. Um, and so I think the technology is there, but there's still a lot of pieces that need to fit together um, for it to be, you know, deliveries with drones on a mass scale. Um, and so that requires all these things to fit in the puzzle in the correct way. And so we're, we're, the industry is leaning towards that. I wouldn't say we're there yet. You bring up social acceptance, and, and that's been really fascinating because of things like sound, privacy in regards to, you know, concerns about surveillance. Just broadly, how, how do we go about, you know, having a society that's more accepting of, of drones? Because there are massive efficiencies to gain from having drones in our skies. Definitely. And, you know, it's also about the application of those, um, you know, technologies, essentially. And I think it will be a gradual process for uh, the public to accept, um, you know, drones in, in the sky in general. I think it's about proving certain use cases. Um, and then slowly and slowly, the, the, you know, the public will be able to accept uh, the use of drones. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a gradual process. Maybe we're starting off with a lot of um, use cases that focus on improving, you know, health or providing certain uh, important, um, you know, uh, important use cases and enabling those. And then maybe it'll go towards a large scale delivery, et cetera. 
So I think it's a gradual process of social acceptance that happens with every technology and in, in, in every market. Um, and, and I think it's been a, it has slowly started. So, you know, I know that people are now more aware of all the applications of drones, let's say they were a year ago. And that has been a reason of the number of use cases that we're trying to prove out in, in certain restricted areas in a very safe and secure manner. So as we gradually progress, I think, um, social acceptance will, will come around. I think it's also about solving for certain conditions such as sound and um, privacy. And the industry is definitely working towards those and tackling those hard questions. Got it. And, you know, shifting here out, out of curiosity, uh, is, is there something you believe as it relates to the drone market um, and that you believe to be a truth that others might be unaware of or are ignoring or frankly, hold the opposing view, they don't view it to be a truth. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that the general public is not aware of, as I said, is the size of the industry and the advancements that have been made in the industry. Um, there's a lot of progress being made at a really rapid pace and on a global scale. Um, for the drone market in particular, I think what happens with most industries will happen with this market. Initially, you see a large number of players entering the market, but eventually a lot of them end up holding and the select few end up maintaining their market presence. Um, some of these companies might have come up with these brilliant ideas, but unfortunately, that's how you know any market works. And especially we've seen the trend in tech. I think we'll see a similar trend with the drone market, but I think, you know, what's key in that is for companies to focus on safety and security, and that's kind of been back with uh, you know, the, the bone behind Skygrid's vision, and that's kind of been what we've really focused on. Um, so whatever we're doing in our platforms, we have a number of different ways to ensure that the process is safe and is secure. And, you know, as we wrap up here, my, my last question uh, to, to follow that is, when do you personally think we'll see UAVs in the sky uh, in, in mass or, or just at a broader scale? When will it become more common? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have an exact, you know, answer to that. It's a million dollar question. Uh, but you know, we're already seeing a growth in in applications. We're seeing um, a lot of you know, forward face, forward thinking um, um, steps that regulate regulators are taking. So I think the airspace will gradually open up um, in a safe and secure manner. I think it's just a matter of time, as I just said. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Zara, it, this has been awesome. Um, I think uh, you will end up leading uh, the first of, of many guests that speak to uh, a lot of the opportunity and enabling the opportunity that drones bring to our skies. Uh, with that, appreciate you and uh, look forward to sharing this with our audience. Cheers. No, thank you so much, Santosh. It's uh, an honor to kind of uh, be here and talk to you about this. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you liked. And be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Until next time.